Oh, look, that's the foghorn going off again. Hopefully nobody hears it. Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, but I have a randomly generated fantasy name to be today, I guess. (laughs) That's how you say that. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. Absolutely crushed it. (laughs) I've only done this. 35 times before. (laughs) Anyway, my randomly generated fantasy name for the day is Patty Right Cheeks. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Patty Right Cheeks? Yeah. Wow. You know, not the left ones. (laughs) Just (laughs) only the right. Just gotta give those right cheeks a good pat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a name (laughs) of connotations. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, sure is, which we well, won't go into on this family-friendly podcast. <laughs> well, yes. who are you guys? <laughs> uh, my name is Sam, and today, though, I can be called Yevfon Goodbetter. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Goodbetter. Goodbetter. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbetter. <laughs> well. You're the bad guy for sure. That <laughs> is sure. so good better to you. Oh. Excuse me. Oh, I love that. I got to exude the villain energy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're good but better than most people are good. <laughs> I'm the better good. I'm good yeah. better. No, no. Not someone good best, else though, so. <laughs> yeah, someone else is good best. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I must find them and destroy them. That's how Your you nemesis. become the good best. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Great. Well, I am also here. My name is Hannah, but for the purposes of today's podcast, you can call me Ever Lone Worm. Whoa! Oh. <laughs> A lone yeah. worm. Ever wow. Lone Worm. Ever Aww. Lone Worm. Right? That's like a, That's like a good one. I actually... Loki really like it. I'm like, I kind of like it. It's a good it's really name. It's cute. Yeah. It is cute. Aw, Ever's like a cute name. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm like thinking of this in the perspective of my next D&D character. She's like yeah. a ranger, right? Oh, I was thinking yeah. um, Druid, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Aww. Both work. Both work. I like yeah. Ever Lone Worm. Me too. Anyway, we're talking about Aragon. We read two more chapters of Aragon this week. So, how about you guys tell us what happened in them? Well, in Thunder, Roar, and Lightning Crackle, which really, really makes me want to go, Thunder, Roar, and Lightning, very, very frightening me. Got a nail. <laughs> Anyways, um, we get mostly a tame three-day adventure across the plains until they shockingly encounter a storm where Safira, instead of flying over the storm for some reason, decides to come down and almost kill herself in Aragon. But no one actually dies. Everyone's okay. They make camp and then they fall asleep. And that's it. <laughs> wow. That's the chapter. <laughs> that's what happened. Yep. That's that's really it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Hannah. <laughs> good fulfilling chapter. A good chapter. 
Well, in Revelation at Yazuak, Aragon and Brahm arrive in Yazuak. Nobody else seems to be there, which is super suspicious. And then they find the entire population of the town brutally murdered and stacked in the town square. Cool. Uh, Brahm somehow figures out that this massacre was carried out by Urgles, not the Razak. And, <laughs> and he says, Razak. <laughs> um, and he kind of comments under his breath that it's unusual to see Urgle gatherings of this size. But, oh no, some of them are still here. Aragon and Brahm are ambushed by a pair of Urgles who end up chasing Aragon into a dead-end alley. As Aragon prepares to make his final stand, he is filled with a burning fury and he yells, Brissinger, which is a swear word from the previous chapter as he shoots his arrow. The arrow crackles with energy, explodes, and kills both of the Urgles, and Aragon collapses against a wall. Dang, that was, like, more exciting than the chapter. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You did a good it's job because I with did the it in fewer words. Oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> Somehow, the chapter's only like three pages. Yeah, but also, like, how is that a children's book? That was yeah, like, not gruesome. comfy to read. That gave yeah. me powerful uh, Poppy Wars vibes. Me too. Like literally, yeah. that's what I thought of, and I'm like, the Poppy War is a dark fantasy, like known for how brutal it is. And, like, that was the first thing I thought of reading that chapter. I was just like, what? What? Yeah. The, <laughs> the image that uh, particularly stands out to Aragon and therefore to us is a baby that has been skewered on a giant black spear. And he, like, comes to this a couple of times through the chapter. And if I'm remembering correctly, this is also, like, a thing that comes up later on many times in the series. Like, I'm pretty oh sure God. this is a very catalytic event for Aragon, which is understandable. Yeah. yeah. It gave me um, Hannibal TV show vibes. Yeah. There was, like, that one episode where there were all of those bodies, like, arranged in some kind of artistic spiral. And it was, like, real creepy. Well, yeah, because it's, like, you don't stack bodies unless you're yeah. planning on someone to see it, right? Mm-hmm. it's the implication that the Urgles didn't just, like, murder the whole town. They, like, murdered them and then brought all the bodies together yeah. to make a statement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was just disturbing. Anyway. <laughs> so disturbing. I was like, this is... Because, like, it's shelved in middle grade, isn't it? Like, if you go to a bookstore? I think it's YA now. Yeah. Oh, is it YA now? Okay, yeah. I guess, like... YA, you have the Hunger Games, teenagers killing each other, and far worse, but, like, still! Yeah. Like, it's kind of wild, because I don't remember this scene. Yeah. When yeah, I initially it. read it. Like, like this scene didn't stand out to me as, like, oh, shit, I remember this scene, you know? Which is, like, damn, was I just not, like, phased <laughs> <laughs> by it as, like, a 12-year-old? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe it's just, like, not having the emotional development yet to like realize to, like, how understand brutal. what it is. Yeah. 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 I read and like told some pretty gruesome stories as a kid. Cause I, I think kids just don't care can, like, as much. Conceptualize it. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't realized their own mortality yet. <laughs> uh-huh. Great. <laughs> well, and, like the grosser you can make something, it's like more fun almost. Like, I remember getting in yeah. trouble at school because me and one of my friends <laughs> rewrote one of the church hymns to be this, like, oh, no. <laughs> song about a chicken with its head cut off. 
and we thought it was hilarious and we all got like pulled in after class and like the teachers like sat us down and had a chat with us because like somebody wrote it down because we were like trying to work it and make it as like funny as possible oh my god and like thinking back on it I'm like I understand why these teachers were concerned (laughs) but at the time I was like I don't get it like it's just like a joke it's funny it's like it's not really that funny I'm just like no <laughs> it's a little concerning when it comes from a bunch of 12 year olds <laughs> yeah just just no filters uh, at 12 just yeah. everything is funny yeah <laughs> maybe as a child you're like yeah but this would never happen in real life and then as an adult you're like no it's good. <laughs> it could. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. you're like just traumatized by the world by the time you're 30 that's why yeah yeah <laughs> Well, like, and as a child, yeah, you just think you're invincible. So it's like mm-hmm. your own mortality has not yet hit you. And so you're yeah. just like, oh, yeah, this is just all made up. It's fine. And then in your 30s, you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> Nothing's made up. Everything's real. They just put elves on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. Yes. Accurate. <laughs> I do want to bring up, like, a truly critical moment in these two chapters. I know it's like bearing the lead because it's right at the end. Okay. <laughs> okay. Aragon almost passes out at the end of the second chapter, but uh-huh. he doesn't actually. He doesn't. Yeah. Isn't I that amazing? That oh, wait. <laughs> he didn't actually finish the chapter unconscious? Exactly. No, he, didn't. he only almost passes out. <laughs> Is it. Oh, yeah. yeah, he just sacks against a wall. Yeah, it's a yeah, big deal. I, like, specifically read the first couple sentences of the next chapter to, like, make sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he's like, not oh, actually no. unconscious, which is... Oh, it, the streak it only is took ruined. 18 chapters. Well, we'll keep track now. <laughs> One. One? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it still kind of counts. Like, mm-hmm. he's not unconscious, but he's barely conscious. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it counts as, like, half... <laughs> Yeah, you know? it counts. He like isn't he like could lose consciousness. Yeah, <laughs> yes. he's in an altered mm-hmm. state of mind. <laughs> yes, yeah. he's very tired. Yeah, his mental capacity is at ten percent. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I do uh, one last thing about the horrible scene, mm-hmm. then we can move on. Okay. I am just gonna say, Aragon like shoots a crow that yeah. comes into like comes into yeah. scavenge. And it's like, okay, I get where you're coming from, but also, like, what, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do, like, oh, that's th- like these... pure emotional response, right? Yeah, there. Oh, like yeah. I mean, oh, scavengers so important, uh huh. Because otherwise, this is just gonna be a pile of rotting bodies. <laughs> yeah, not a good scene. <laughs> no, nope, not great. Listen, I'm really curious what the intent was behind this. Yeah, because like Urkel's aren't like premeditated in their actions <laughs> yeah i feel yeah they're certainly portrayed that way like i know because i've read the series before in the later books you get to see more of like ergol culture and like okay. how they are as a people which just makes this all the more confusing <laughs> okay oh. interesting it's like i don't know because like they have a, if i remember correctly they have like a very brutalistic society but they also have like a strong code of action within that society okay so uh, there must have been some purpose to this but obviously aragon doesn't know therefore we don't know yeah but the urgles are being controlled by someone right 
Yeah, so they're controlled by or working for or in some capacity enthralled by Galbatorix, the evil king. Yeah. Right. The big mm-hmm. king or whatever his big name king. is. Yeah. <laughs> big king. Big king. Big <laughs> king. Galbatrox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah just said it. I know. <laughs> Galbatorix. Sure, yeah. there you go. Galbatrix. That's the one. Whichever Galbatrix. one. Wait, now I'm confusing myself. How do you <laughs> This was your fault. Yeah. It's Big King. Big, Big King. King. Big, Big King. King controls the Urgles. And this is the first time we've actually seen the Urgles, I think. And yeah. it's at least the first time we get a description of them. And they are, well, the one or two that Aragon sees are tall, thick, and broader than a doorway. They have gray skin and yellow, quote, piggish eyes. They have giant ram's horns that grow from their temples and they have fangs which is a lot yeah of things yeah that is many well wait aren't the ram's horns on their helmets i don't think so i, I think, think they're i thought they were in their heads an iron oh, calf over. rested over yeah. the pair of ram's horns yeah yes yeah, so they're coming out the heads that's yeah that's yeah, a so lot they, they grow horns wild which is for very competition fun. <laughs> yeah like this is obviously some kind of sexual selective pressure yeah i would assume yeah you, yeah you gotta be super hot if you have big horns <laughs> oh yeah for sure mm-hmm. i guess they just run into each other <laughs> during yeah. mating season they headbutt oh, a lot yeah maybe it's like a social hierarchy thing probably or a sexual male male competition thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure that. Yeah. For sure that. For sure. Is it only the the boy urgles that have horns? We'll just have to wait and see, really. Okay. Yeah. We didn't get any I regretted gender. that sentence as I started saying <laughs> it. I was like, <laughs> I don't... I, Listen, I, but I, yeah. last time we talked about dragon sex, this time we can talk about urgle sex. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of wild that they have fangs and horns. Like, yeah, that was my thought. And like yellow eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. What a weird. Is there any fan art of these guys? Probably. Oh, good question. Maybe we could watch the movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> Under no what circumstances. A... Whoa. They're. I mean, they're basically like orcs with horns, right? Yeah. Is kind of the vibe I get. They're basically like like what you think the devil looks like, almost. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so mad that I googled Urgle fan art because I didn't want movie versions. And like the third one down is hot. Like this is unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> the third one down sort of looks like if uh, Ozai from Avatar: The Last Airbender, oh, yeah. Airbender was super buff and had horns. <laughs> yeah, Ur- I just googled Urgle, so Urgle fan art instead. Yeah. Google thinks I mean Rugal fan art. I don't know what Rugal means. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's some guy. It's some guy with blonde hair, a string tie, and a red tuxedo. (laughs) That's probably who we meant. Definitely. From from the King of Fighters. Okay. That's not important. The Urgles from the movie are just guys? Oh, my God. This is awful. Yeah. Oh. Are they just, they're just men with face paint? Oh, oh, I hate, oh, I hate that. So fine. That's, awful. That's great. And I love it. No wonder Ooh. people hated this movie. 
<laughs> the movie was entirely irredeemable. That's just what I've heard. Anyway. Anyway, yes. <laughs> they have Sorry, yeah. They have horns, they have fangs, they have gray skin and yellow eyes. They're basically demon aesthetic. Yeah. Satan. Also broader than a doorway is like a weird Yeah. Like are they proportioned like humans? Does that mean they're like ten feet tall? I would assume. Or are they so? just built like doors? I think they're just wide. <laughs> they're just wide. Just wide. I feel like Normally, we don't pay attention to what order we talk about things, but we really did jump into the end of the second chapter. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean we? You, discussed you did. You did it. You started it. <laughs> I started it, but now... <laughs> well, now we're just going backwards. Sure. Okay, well then, talking <laughs> okay. about the fight with the Urgles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, listen, uh-huh. I'm not great at mentally, like, picturing things that happen in books, but at yeah. this point... I've been playing like three to four years of Dungeons and Dragons where I have to visualize battles in my brain. Yeah, it's so hard. I have so many questions about this fight between Aragon <laughs> and the Urgles, and I guess Brahm is also there. Like, first off, the Urgle punches Aragon off of his horse <laughs> when, <laughs> when the horse is going at a flat out gallop. So that's, I looked it up. That is 40 to 48 kilometers per hour oh or Jeez. 25 to 30 miles per hour. And oh an God. Earl just fucking appears and punches him <laughs> off his horse. Damn. <laughs> oh, amazing. And then like later, like right after, like the Urgle chases him and then he like turns around to shoot him. But the Urgle catches up and then it says the monster collided with Aragon and they fell to the ground in a confused tangle. And then literally like the next sentence, it's like Aragon sprang to his feet and rushed back to Brahm. And it's like, I thought he was tangled with the Urgle. <laughs> like they ran into each other. Did they just like bounce off of one another? <laughs> he used his action to become uh... There's like at least one disengage that needs to happen in there. Yeah. And then the next one is he like barehanded shoves his fingers <laughs> into yeah. the Urgle that's attacking Brom and he like scratches him real hard. Yeah, clawed the Urgle's side, leaving bloody furrows. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> Sharpened huh? his nails. I noticed yeah. that one too. He just cut them yesterday, so they have that uh you yeah, know that yeah, really yeah. sharp edge. <laughs> he has like kitten claws, they're really sharp. Oh god. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that I just those were just three main <laughs> questions I have about this fight scene. The fight scene was clearly choreographed by a 15-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I skimmed over like the actual actions of the fight scene cuz I was like I can't. Yeah. yeah. I can't try to figure out where all of this is happening. This is too much yeah. for me. <laughs> it's a good time. Yep. Anyway, that's the fight scene. We don't have to talk about it. I just wanted to bring it up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask you guys because I know what's happening, but I want to see if you remember slash can guess. At the end of it, when Aragon shoots the arrow that glows with a crackling blue light and then explodes and kills two Urgles at once, mm-hmm. what do you think is going on there? That's that's his his like tattoo thing on his hand, like the the connection he has with Sephira. It was magic. Yeah. Magic. Yeah. Yes, I forgot to say the the gateway Ignacia is uh, glowing after this happens. I was not yeah. going to say that word. 
I can't uh, remember if I'm pronouncing it correctly. It Probably. sounds correct. It yeah. sounds very beautiful coming out of your mouth. I just say it real confidently. Uh, so, as I remember, for some reason my brain is telling me Brzinger is, like, a magic word. Like, isn't it fire or something? Yeah. Like, isn't that why it lights the fire? Oh, yeah. So, back in the first chapter that we haven't <laughs> talked about yet. <laughs> yeah, Let's reverse for a second. Yeah. Aragon can't start a fire, and then Brahm starts a fire somehow but he curses quote unquote by saying brisinger and then that's the word that aragon yells that makes the magic happen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like brisinger is like the fire spell right yeah i'm pretty sure i think that's what it is it's also the name of the uh, fourth book in the series oh yeah yeah that's which is the red about. one right <laughs> no the red it's... one is the second brisinger oh. is gold okay is it it's the fourth Right? Yeah, not... the third one is green. Oh no, it's right? the third one. Wait. I thought it was the second one. Eldest is the second one and that one's red. Oh, I know yeah. that for sure because my brother had those two. Yeah, I lied. Brissinger is number three, but it's the gold but one. But it is the gold one. Confirmed. Inheritance is number four. Oh. Brissinger is an ancient old Norse word meeting fire. <laughs> ah, there oh, you yeah. go. <laughs> I don't remember all of the significance that it has, but I think it's sort of like Aragon's Expelliarmus, if that makes oh, sense. Yeah. Like, it's the thing he defaults to. Every time. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Great. Once he learns how to do magic. Neat. Magique. Uh-huh. Magique. Magique. I don't know why he yelled the fire spell and the arrow turned into a bomb and didn't just, like, catch on fire. Yeah, also yeah. the fact that it's, like, blue crackling light. Like, it's I guess like that's Sephira energy, uh, but... Hmm. I definitely got more lightning vibes than fire vibes, but hey. I agree. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> maybe it's a catch-all. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I think if I remember correctly, a lot of the intent with the magic words is to like channel your intent so you can use right. one word to mean many things. So maybe that's sure. what happened. Sounds like he cast, that was the somatic part of his level four lightning bolt that he cast. <laughs> somatic? Maybe the verbal part? Oh yeah, not somatic. What am I thinking of? <laughs> the know. verbal part. It was the verbal component of his lightning bolt spell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God, I cannot stop laughing at my... I just Every time I look over at my notes, I just see how the f*** did an Urgle punch someone off of a running horse? <laughs> 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 I need to scroll away from it. I wish that scene was in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> You know, if there was, like, a competent movie made of this book, if Aragon yeah. is just, like, being all start- startled and sad, and Brahm yells run, and as soon as he turns to run, he just gets <laughs> smoked <laughs> off of his Nailed. horse. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny to picture. It would be a good slapstick uh, for the scene about a bunch of dead people and a baby on a spear. <laughs> uh... The other entertaining part of my notes is that I've just started my first note every time has been good morning, beginning of chapter. <laughs> yes. And then at the bottom it says end of chapter, time for bed. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time, though. Amazing. Not this time. That was only the first one. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you about the scene that gave me a logistical headache trying to yeah. figure out how it worked? Was they come up upon Yazuak, which is a small town on the Ninor River, Niner River, some kind of river. 
and they've come upon it after having walked across a prairie for four days and they notice that there don't seem to be anybody in the streets and they're like kind of suspicious about that so they decide this is the main entrance of the town let's sneak out and come around a different way (laughs) it's like (laughs) i have so many questions first of all you could see this town coming for hours because the prairie is so flat and you could see it that far away second of all why is the main entrance to the town the direction facing the endless prairie and not on the side on the river which is where like river and towns usually face third of all how did you walk into the town notice that no one was there and then back out and try to like sneak around (laughs) when you could see the town from hours away and anybody in the town could conceivably see you even if you snuck back out and like walked around it like what (laughs) what like what i i don't know how this worked i also had a note on this but yes i fully agree i had the same thought before we get too far in, I just need you both to know I did look it up. Okay. Oh. On a on a flat plane at five feet high uh-huh. on a clear day, you can probably only see about four point eight kilometers away. That's what oh. I thought. I was like, I don't think you can actually still see that far because of the curvature of the Earth or yeah. whatever planet this exists on. <laughs> I remember when my family did a road trip and we were driving across Canada there was one night we were going to stop in Winnipeg for the night Mm -hmm. and I was so relieved when we saw Winnipeg in the distance because we had been driving for like 12 hours already and then it took us three more hours to get to Winnipeg because you could (laughs) just see it from three hours away (laughs) oh yeah that's a good point that is a good point yeah my distance is like you can see ground from ground 4.8 kilometers away something higher like if you're at sea level and you can see something higher up yes that is probably around 20 kilometers okay away they did say there was a bunch of smoke coming from the chimneys so maybe that's what they saw on the approach to the town yeah not like the buildings themselves but still like (laughs) they came (laughs) around to a side entrance like what side entrance this is a small town on a river there 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 are entrances (laughs) yeah are there walls around it i guess so Probably. Maybe. If it's like a medieval fantasy walls. town, most likely. Yeah. But also if like someone was truly hunting them, like if it was like a bounty hunter assassin type, like anything like the Razak, anything like that, like they would know to watch more than one entrance. I was just like, bro, I'm really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Also, they wouldn't have such like an Sam obvious assassin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But, like, yeah, there's just, like, a whole lot of problems. And I'm just, like, problem, are you dumb? <laughs> like, <laughs> Also, yeah, if they're in, like, the plains, yeah. like, there's probably, like, any side is an entrance. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like, it's not like there's trees or whatever in the way. <laughs> no. It's just, like, yeah, you were not efficient, or you were not efficiently sneaking. You failed at the sneaking. Like, <laughs> yeah. Poor stealth roll. Just not good sneaks. Just, like, a kind of a confusing setup. Yeah. Not, it made no sense. I did sort of laugh, because, like, at the beginning of the chapter, they arrive on the planes, and they have to, like, mm-hmm. descend a vertical wall, essentially. Yeah. Is what I'm picturing. And then they, like, head across the planes to get to Yazwak. And, like, Aragon has, like, a panic moment when they arrive on the plains being, like, he was so used to being surrounded by mountains and hills that it was wild, that it was flat. 
And so I just sort of imagined him like pressed up against this wall, <laughs> like having an agoraphobia panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, oh God. Honestly, that's so real though. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so disconcerting to be somewhere where you can just see in a, a million kilometers in every direction. Sorry, where you can see 4.8 kilometers in every direction. Yeah, Hannah. For the first time. <laughs> it's trippy. Yeah. I do recall I did field work in Saskatchewan for a few weeks one summer and we arrived in Saskatchewan at the museum that we were going to be bringing everything back to and they were like oh yeah the field site just drive four hours on the highway and then turn right at the tree (laughs) (laughs) we were like huh and then we get there and we're like ah there hasn't been a tree in four hours that's funny (laughs) So now we know. Saskatchewan. What a place. That's my experience with Aragon's planes. (laughs) Kind of weird that they don't have like a name. Yeah. Planes. I was thinking that too. Maybe they do on the map and it just didn't come up in the chapter. Yeah. Like normally in like high fantasy books, it would be like the Dead Sea or the grass, ocean of grass or something like that. Right. The grass sea or whatever, yeah. Yeah. I just pulled up the map. Let yeah, me no, too. <laughs> I don't think so. No, it doesn't seem to have a name. No. No, it doesn't have a name. I guess it's in the scheme of Allegasia. It's like not, or Allegasia. I think I've been neglecting a syllable. I think it's Allegasia. But I guess in the scheme of Allegasia, this plane is not actually that big. That's fair, yeah. yeah. Even though it took them four days to cross. It took them four That's days. A long time. I don't know, like, just because it was specifically mentioned, <laughs> like, again, at the beginning of the thunder, roar, and lightning crackle chapter, <laughs> Aragon is all sad and grouchy about how Brom is overworking him, and he's all, like, sore and hurt from their practice. Yeah. But he specifically says, like, and one of his fingers was hot and swollen. And I'm like, you have an infection. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Aragon's going to die of infection in chapter die. 19. Got some flesh-eating <laughs> disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, like, got an infection probably from, like, cutting his finger playing with sticks with Brom, But not from having all of the skin on the inside of his <laughs> yeah. legs rubbed off a couple uh-huh. times ago. <laughs> like... Aragon has so many injuries. Like, oh my God. riding a horse is probably really not great for the insides of his legs, which no. are definitely not healed yet. No, nope. it's been like three days. Yeah. He's got all these minor injuries from stick fighting. Uh-huh. Like, his lips are cracked and bleeding from planes passage. Aragon's going to die of a lot of infections He's all gonna- at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> He's he going to be in such bad shape. Ugh. So this is something that was, oh, this might be a minor spoiler. That's okay. Okay, I won't even, I won't say what it is then. Uh, In a book I read quite recently, there was a character who was, like, immortal, but had, like, a chronic illness. Oh, that sucks. That, like, would have killed them if they hadn't been immortal. And so, oh. like, that's sort of, like, I just can, like, what, like, Aragon can get injuries and, like, have all these issues. But, like, in theory, if he's a dragon rider, he should be basically immortal. <laughs> so, like. <laughs> oh. 
that's an interesting concept to think of yeah. being like imagine if you did get like oh like lyme disease <laughs> or something oh, yeah. right yeah. from these horrible injuries <laughs> like that and then what <laughs> i always just assumed immortality also meant like disease resistant yeah but i don't know that why is, though like, yeah that's a good point, right? though. A lot of them do make it that, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true, because, like, yeah, what if you just got a chronic disease, or, like, what if genetically you yeah. had something, but you're yeah. immortal, but it's not something that would kill you? Like, if it's, like, fibromyalgia, for example, like, that's just chronic pain all the time. Yeah. Forever. Forever. <laughs> I yep. mean, like, that's the reality <laughs> for a lot of people, but... yeah. But most people only live for like eighty-ish years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I will oh, say I that <laughs> in the book I read, it was definitely a very interesting character dynamic. <laughs> yeah, I with bet. that. So now I'm trying to figure damn. out what book you read. Guess you'll just have to read every book that I've read <laughs> in the last three years. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you guys probably will. <laughs> yeah, at some point, probably. One of the things I did like about this thunder roar and lightning crackle chapter, which is basically just they walk across the plains and get caught in a storm, is you actually get a moment of seeing Safira's character. Yeah. Yeah. Which we haven't really had before. But she gets like caught in this wind. There's like this like very unusual seeming like wall of wind that like hits them like a train. Yeah. And Aragon and Brahma are ahead of Safira, and Aragon calls back for Safira to land, but she can't land fast enough, gets caught in the wind, and then, like, can't close her wings and kind of just gets tossed around like a kite. So Aragon goes to help her out. And at the end of it, when they, like, finally get everything under control and they're both, like, safe on the ground, you see that Safira is, like, really shook up about this, and she is really upset at the sensation of not being in control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's very unsettled by having felt helpless in, like, the face of a power that is larger than her. Which makes sense, but it's also, like, the first time that we really get a sense of, I guess, a weakness for Safira. Yeah, I, the note I wrote about it is, like, because we went from Safira being a baby to, like, she calls Aragon hatchling, you know, and it sort of felt (laughs) like she just immediately went from like baby to like mother (laughs) yeah right sure but like yeah but like this sort of refocused that for me and i was like oh like safira is like a cocky teen Mm. like that's the age she's in right Mm -hmm. so like when she was acting like all like she knows everything and she's so much older than aragon right it Mm -hmm. like could have just been that talking you know yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, Safira's still like young. <laughs> yeah, she's not mature yet. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, she's like frightened and like didn't know what to do when faced with a thunderstorm, right? Like she didn't understand the danger because she'd never experienced one before. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just wish Aragon had told her to fly high instead of to land. Oh yeah. Maybe it was just too big too of a high? storm. Like, it says that it's uh, quite the striking, like, thunderhead. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I just feel like there, it still would have been more feasible for her to fly above it. But then again, we don't know the atmosphere of this 
fantasy planet and yeah what sort of chemistry air chemistry is going on so maybe there's not enough oxygen above i don't know i mean she did fly over a mountain in the spine but yeah also there was that one scene where like she flew so high that she was no bigger than like an eagle or something yeah Yeah. so i was like like, she can get pretty high (laughs) yeah and it's like even the most intense of storms like, you can still get on top of them, I feel. That's what airplanes do. Maybe she was already flying Yeah, that's why well. I was like, I'm not dumb, right? Like, that's what airplanes do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so I was like, couldn't, like, that's what I'm envisioning is, like, she, you could see the storm coming, so on the approach, just get up higher. But obviously, I guess Aragon and Braum don't know that either, because airplanes don't exist. So, <laughs> um, True. I guess I can't fault them too much. For missing this logic. Yeah. Yeah. My guess would be like what Sophie said that Saphira was probably just closer to the ground and they thought it would be Yeah. Easier to get there. Easier. Yeah. True. This might also be one of the things that I think has cropped up a lot in this book, which is where Christopher Paolini wants a thing to happen and that's why it happens. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A storytelling logic. It's just like this is the thing that needs to happen for the plot. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with that most of the time. (laughs) I did, like, enjoy this because, I don't know, prairie thunderstorms are, like, not to be taken lightly. No, not (laughs) at all. They are also very cool if you're safe. (laughs) Literally traumatized me when I was five years old living in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I would not go outside for a year. Whoa. Yeah, I was like, I I still have vivid memories of this. I was like four years old, five years old. I remember the bed sheets; they were 101 Dalmatians. And <laughs> I remember my mom wasn't home and my dad had to comfort me. And there's shingles flying off the roofs. And like, I, my mom told me I did not go outside for a year because this oh storm god. traumatized me so bad. Oh, oh my, my god. god. So prairie storms or <laughs> yeah. like you don't want to fuck with. <laughs> Yeah, which is, like, wild that Brahm is just like, yeah, normally I wouldn't do this, but it's going to hit us anyway, so let's just keep moving. It's like, like, what are you thinking? Like, Brahm is an idiot. Yeah, I was like, clearly you know what a prairie thunderstorm is, so. Brahm has some, like, questionable adult, like, advice going on with this adventure like yeah not Mm -hmm. a responsible adult like especially that he didn't consider (laughs) yes yeah exactly (laughs) but yeah that he didn't consider that Safira should land like Mm -hmm. come on (laughs) yeah can I talk about Aragon jumping on her wings (laughs) yeah so uh Safira gets hit by the wind and like it flips her over onto her back and then, like, she can't close her wings because they keep catching the wind and she can't close them. So Aragon, like, jumps on her wings and helps her to fold them. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about how that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Wouldn't he, like, tear through them? Okay. Or, like... Yeah, the first, yeah, that's, like, one thing. Like, the skin on wings, like, is very, pretty delicate. Like, you on bat wings, you kind of want to be gentle. <laughs> But I assume on, like, a reptile, maybe they're scaled, maybe they're a little stronger. But the big thing is that if you're that big and you're flying, 
your body kind of needs to be developed to like reduce weight wherever possible. And mm-hmm. in birds, the major way they reduce weight is they have hollow bones, mm-hmm. which means they're like, they have like when, when you say birds have hollow bones, it's not like there's just like the outer shell and then the insides are just nothing. It's more like when humans get osteoporosis and there's all those little like yeah holes in bones that's sort of what a bird Mm. bone looks like but like kind of bigger there's like strengthening cross beams and things like that but they are mostly hollow and those hollow parts are filled with like air sacs that connect to the lungs Mm -hmm. oh in a lot of places so they are literally like air filled (laughs) oh which means they're like more like they are more prone to breaking than like a solid bone (laughs) yeah more brittle yeah, so Aragon just, like, jumping on her wings, which are already, like, very thin bones. He, they've already mentioned that. Jumping on them, the outside in is, like, oh, God. <laughs> like, I cringed when it said that. I was like, oh, no. I mean, That's a bad idea. I don't think, yeah, I think he didn't say he hurt her, so I think her wings are fine. But yeah. I also thought mm-hmm. that I was just, like... Couldn't like I was more like can't he like if they're like membranes like couldn't he just go right through them? Yeah, I think if they weren't already on the ground. Yeah, I definitely read it as him like jumping on the, Inside? I guess finger part, not oh, on the membrane that itself. Would make sense, yeah. But yeah, I also kind of got in the loop of like oh he jumped on her wings, but like nothing happened so. They must be pretty strong. Yeah. And she has to be pretty strong to be able to like fly with her giant heavy dragon body. But yeah. then she's also not strong enough to yeah. hold things against the wind. So she can't be that strong. But if she's not that strong, then how did Aragon jump on her without hurting her? And I like got in a, in <laughs> got a- in yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, like it's weird that like her wings don't have a functionality to like dump air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like bird wings, like their feathers can rotate in such a way that they can like stop getting as much lift or they can like twist their wings the way that Saphir couldn't like rotate her wings to put them like into the wind or something was like like a lot of just a lot of confusion (laughs) yeah it's uh interesting that she wasn't able to control herself enough especially with like her four legs she just needs to get her four legs on the ground and then like angle her wings down right yeah because it even (laughs) said she like gripped the ground Maybe this is another case of she's too young and inexperienced to yeah. know what to do. Yeah. Like she just got caught thinking. up in it and then like couldn't figure out how to get herself out of it. Yeah. Probably. Next time yeah. she'll be fine, but this time she yeah. didn't know what to do and just kind of snowballed, tumbleweeded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Tumbleweeded across the place. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Sapira. Was, was that a, <laughs> was a dragon? That a dragon? What's that? Flipping around. <laughs> Real big tumbleweeds out there. Yeah. This tumbleweed was roaring. <laughs> it was breathing fire at me. Weird. Strange. I want you both to know that I saved you both from having to hear me talk about parasites. Oh, so generous. But because you brought I, it up now. Yeah, but I'm explaining why. Because Aragon, at the beginning of this chapter, Aragon and Brahm fill their water skins from the river and oh i was gosh. like gosh i wonder how many diseases you can catch from a river <laughs> so many is there giardia in allegasia <laughs> there's probably giardia but i like googled 
riverborne pathogens or whatever and then i like saw the google search appear and then i was like i swim in rivers i actually don't want to know this <laughs> yeah and then i closed it so um we're just gonna say don't drink raw river water <laughs> no yes never filter your water boil your water treat your water don't yeah. drink it raw. otherwise <laughs> that's how you get giardia or e coli <laughs> nobody wants that Mm-mm. So this this ch- these two chapters had a lot of new names, and okay. because you both like to mention that I can't pronounce um car- car- Carvajal, uh-huh. Carvajal, uh-huh. Carvajal. Yep. I thought it would we could play a game of how would Sam pronounce this fantasy <laughs> name. Sure. Okay. So you've both kind of said one of them a lot, which. I, I don't remember how I originally thought it would go, but I have a list of the okay, new words okay. that came up. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> so, the first one is see you non. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't... How do you say it? <laughs> I don't even know which one you're referring to. Let me... uh Spelt C-E-U-N-O-N. It was near... Oh beginning of the the three, the three paths oh, yes right one of yes. the great northern cities i would say sunon but yeah, i'd also need I to check say. the pronunciation guys <laughs> i would say sunon okay so that's one uh-huh, uh-huh. the second yezuak yezuak yeah yeah <laughs> yeah pretty good pretty good okay I, only it. because i've heard you guys say it multiple times but i mean yeah, that hasn't yeah. helped carvajal so no <laughs> You got it that time, though. Got it. There we go. I can't think about it. (laughs) Okay. The third one is Ninor River? Niner? Ninor? Niner? I went Ninor, but but it could also be Niner. (laughs) Love it. Okay. You're doing great, Sam. (laughs) Next, um, Anora? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Crush that one. That one I like because I keep thinking it's Enura, which is the order that frogs are in, but it's not. Oh, oh I keep every single it's... time I'm like frogs, the Frog River, and it's like that's no, not. Uh, I keep thinking it's Adora from uh, Shira and the Princesses of Power. Uh-huh. <laughs> Both great. Yeah. Oh, I found the pronunciation guide. Okay, and it's Ninor River. Ninor. Oh. I think it's what. None of us said that, I don't think. Nope, I don't think, I think any I of us said got Ninor. that right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even rem- I think I said Ninor. Yeah. I don't even remember now. Wait, what's Ninor. the correct way now? Ninor. 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 Okay, the next one is the horse's name. So I think it may have come up a chapter before, but I just thought of this game today. So yeah. Kadok? Duh. Caddock? I would say Cad- I would say Caddock. Caddock? Okay. Yeah. I mean, great. you guys are the ones with like the physical book with the pronunciation guide in it. It might be there. It's, it's on not the in floor. the online one. There are three floors in our house, and it is on the one floor that Sam and I are not on. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did not think to later. bring it up with me. <laughs> the last one, again, um, has already been said in the podcast, but um, we'll see if I can say it. Mm-hmm. I already forget. Bring Brizing Brizinger. Yeah, I like the very first version where you said bringer. 
It's because my vision has gotten really bad and the text is really small and my laptop's far away. So I was like, Brzinger. Oh my god. Brzinger. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's my game. Come back uh, next Yay. episode for more of how would Sam pronounce this fantasy name? And we're just going to add Carvajal to every version and see how you <laughs> say it each time. Carvajal. And big what's king. the big king's name? Galvatorix. Yeah. Hey. Yeah! <laughs> Done <Got> it. it. <laughs> and what's the magic thing on Aragorn's hand called? <laughs> you. <laughs> I literally have no idea how to say it. <laughs> Hannah says it's so lovely. I Hannah, how do you say it? Not- I'm not quite pronouncing it correctly. Apparently, it's Gidway Ignacia when I was saying Gidway Ignacia. Gidway oh. Ignacia? Ig- Great. Ig- Ignacia. Gidway Ignacia. Ignacia. I'm done. Like you're about to puke. <laughs> Nausea. <done. laughs> Nausea. Okay, great. That's easy. Yep. Good stuff. Fun. On the subject of the Gidway Ignacia, Aragon says it like tingled right before the Urgles show up. Like it was a spidey sense, but then it also appeared when he touched Saphira and glowed brightly and felt cold when he did magic, which seems like three kind of disparate things. Well, are the Urgles magic? I don't know. Because maybe it just does stuff when magic is around? Yeah, could be. I didn't think the Urgles were magic, but maybe they are. Or is it like the like sting in Lord of the Rings where it glows blue when it senses orcs? Oh, maybe. That would make sense. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it's something yeah. like that. Maybe there's like some connection to it. Like the Urgles are formed of the same magic or something. So hmm. it like can sense it. But I feel like he probably took the inspiration from sting. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, just glows blue whenever there's orcs present, and then Frodo gets the sword in Lord of the Rings. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I did not make that connection, but that makes a lot of sense, sense now that you've pointed yeah. it out. Yeah, that's. I think that's where it most likely came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although it seems in this context, it's more like it does stuff when something important is happening. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> where the sword just glows, but yeah. Whereas the sword has a rule. Yeah, the yes. sword literally is just like, oh, there's an orc near. Don't know where. Don't know how close, but yeah. it's there. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Maybe we'll be able to unpack the secrets of the Gidway Ignazia later in the series. One can only hope. Mm-hmm. Yep. The only other thing I wanted to mention, which uh, it's not really a question. It's more of a comment. <laughs> oh, my God. Just get out of here with that. <laughs> How dare no, you? No, it's, it's me reading a thing in a book and being like, I should tell other people to read a different book because of this. Okay. <laughs> Brahm mentions that he won't get lost when finding Yazuak because he is guided not by the land, but by the stars and sun. Uh-huh. And in the last year, I think almost about a year ago, I read this book about wayfinding, like a nonfiction book about wayfinding. And if you haven't ever, like, read about Polynesian wayfinding and how people used to navigate the Pacific Ocean, you should check it check it out at some time. This is for either of you guys or the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Just anybody at all. I remember you mentioning this one in one of yeah. my episodes. 
it's really incredible. And like since then, I've looked into it a little bit more. There's like an active Polynesian like voyaging society where they're trying to bring back the uh, traditional methods of navigating the ocean. Oh, cool. Yeah, sort of pioneered by this guy named Nainoa Thompson, where they're like voyaging across the Pacific Ocean. That sounds so scary. On like, <laughs> yeah, on a deep sea canoe built like in the traditional Hawaiian oh, way. Yeah, so and they're cool. and they're navigating solely like by this wayfinder Mm-mm. who like nope. doesn't sleep. Like he just doesn't sleep while they're voyaging from island to island because he has to be awake to do it. <laughs> So that's funny. Yeah. The book the book I read was called The Wayfinders by Wade Davis, but like if you want to check out hokulia.com, uh we'll maybe we'll put a link somewhere. That's the Polynesian Wayfinding Society. It's a really interesting, like amazing, incredible thing that humans can do. So Cool. Then, yeah. Brahm can do it too, apparently. Brahm can do it too. Uh yeah, so should we talk about what's gonna happen next in this book? Whoa, yeah, let's talk about what's going to happen next in this book. The next two chapters are called Admonishments and <laughs> Magic is the Simplest Thing. <laughs> oh, God. Mm-hmm. He's going to learn how to do some simple magic, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he's going to wake up and fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Probably at least twice. <laughs> he's starting this chapter already awake. That's a great point. Which is unusual. Then he's going to fall asleep. Wake up and fall asleep. Yeah, I think that's what's going to (laughs) happen. I think so, too. (laughs) And learn some magic in there at some point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that we went from, like, Death Watch to magic is the simplest thing. (laughs) Yep. These chapter titles killed me a lot. A lot of whiplash. (laughs) Like, I just... What? They're also, like, not very helpful. Like they yeah. don't they they give you too much information and it's the wrong information. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like revelation at Yazuak. What was the revelation? That that everyone's that dead. Are terrible. That Urgles kill people. We already knew that Urgles were yeah. bad. They were presented as like the bad guys. <laughs> I thought like there would be some sort of like I might have predicted. I don't remember if it was like he was going to find out something about his past or like his link to the original Aragon. Like that's kind of what it insinuates. But literally, yeah. what was the revelation? There was no that, revelation. Aragon like, can do magic. I guess maybe maybe that Urgles can punch someone off a moving horse. <laughs> that's probably it. <laughs> that Brom that, doesn't know how to infiltrate a city. Yeah. Also that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. it should have been, like, I feel like, that nah, it doesn't matter, but it should have been, like, horror at Yazuak or something it should, like that, yeah. you know, like. Or even just, like, danger at Yazuak. Yeah. yeah. Like, not revelation. No. Revelation implies you discover something, which kind of implies positive. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, and in magic is the simplest thing, he probably learns magic. Yeah. Is admonishment Brahm admonishing Aragon or Aragon admonishing Brahm? That Maybe it's one. Aragon admonishing Safira for not showing up. Oh. <laughs> that seems like something he would do. Yes, it does. <laughs> I told you to go hide a couple kilometers away and then you didn't come when I needed you. <laughs> or what if it's Safira showing up and being like, uh, why'd you tell me to stay back there? How dare you? Yeah. yeah that also seems very in yeah. character. <laughs> yeah. Two shitty teens yelling at each other. Yep. 
Because <laughs> Brom is passed out. So maybe yeah. he's not awake in the next chapter. Yeah. Oh. It's the beginning of a chapter. Aragon didn't fall asleep at the end of the Brom. chapter, but Brom did. <laughs> it has to be at least one, I guess. He yeah. has to wake up at the next one then. True. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We figured those out. We've done I guess. it. We've done it. Uh, I guess let's talk about what books we're reading this time. I was doing a lot of writing last week, so I am only reading one new book, but I started Under the Whispering Door. Yay. And I'm already emo about it. It's pretty good, eh? It's gonna hurt me. <laughs> oh, it will. <laughs> I can tell. Uh, Has it made you it's... cry yet, or is that still coming? I cried a little bit already. <laughs> Aww. Uh, it's so fun, but I'm I'm going to enjoy it, and it's also gonna hurt me. But like, it's gonna be great. That's like that uh, prophecy from one of the Harry Potter books, where you're you're going to suffer, but you're going to be happy about it. Yeah, I guess. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm reading. <laughs> nice. Good choice. Well, my field work has all been canceled, so I've just been, <laughs> you know, depression reading like crazy. <laughs> no, I'm fine. Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. Remember how we said we were like recording a whole bunch of episodes super early because Sam had field work? Mm-hmm. Turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out. I'm still behind a microscope. (laughs) But I am currently reading The Inadequate Air by Danielle L. Jensen, which is the third book in the Bridge Kingdom series, which I love very dearly. So it's Is it everything you dreamed? Um, It's not. (laughs) It's not the same. The Bridge Kingdom just like holds such a special place in my heart because like- The Bridge Kingdom is, like, almost, like, what I seek in a book perfection. Oh. It's just everything. So it's hard to beat that. (laughs) What's the first book in that? The first book is called The Bridge Kingdom. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. Never mind then. (laughs) And the second book is called The Traitor Queen. And so The Inadequate Heir, it's in the same universe, but the main characters are two side characters that were brought up in the first two books. Oh, fun. Yeah, because so Danielle Jensen is primarily like a fantasy romance writer. Like that's what she markets herself as. And she's really good at it. So basically, yeah, the first two books were about like the one relationship. And now the second two are about this next uh, couple. So it's good. It's just like, I don't think anything will ever top the Bridge Kingdom for me. Like it was just perfection in my eyes. (laughs) So yeah, I'm reading that, and then I'm reading another fantasy romance book called Song of the Forever Rains by E.J. Mello, which is a Kindle Unlimited book, which is actually pretty good. Yeah, and then as far as books I've finished, I don't even know anymore. Oh, I did want to shout out People We Meet on Vacation. Great rom-com. It's really hyped on Book Talk, but, like, well-deserved. And For the Wolf by Hannah Witten. Also good. Ooh. Enjoyed oh, that. I want to read that one. That's it. I believe you said that it would be exactly my sh- so yeah it's like it's literally like a red riding hood beauty and the beast fairy tale retelling all in one yeah like yeah and i feel like you would very much enjoy it uh, yeah yes i definitely recommend reading it though the audiobook the narrator is fine i just her male voices were just not good 
Got it. It's crazy how much the narrator, like, affects how much you like an audiobook. Yeah. And that was the thing. is like, I could tell I'd like this book, but I just didn't like listening to it. So... Mm I, w- I listened to it at, like, 1.75 speed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, great book. Just maybe read the physical copy. Skip the audiobook if you have the choice. Hannah? Got it. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned in the last episode that I dumped a hurricane on my life and it has continued. So I haven't had a lot of time to read, actually, in any format. But I've had a little more time to read audiobooks on paper books. So the one I'm currently reading is Dead Wake, The Last Crossing of the Lusitania by Eric Larson. So it's a nonfiction narrative about the Lusitania, which was this like huge luxury passenger boat that was sunk by a submarine in World War II. So it's very much in my <laughs> current wheelhouse of <laughs> maritime disaster nonfiction <laughs> audiobooks. <laughs> yeah, that checks, yeah. Yeah, I'm not super far into it because of aforementioned not having time to do anything, but it's good so far. I don't know much about the story, so I'm curious to see why it's such a big deal. Hmm. That that's I'm still reading Kenobi <laughs> in paper. <laughs> I mean, that was like me in August and September, so I yeah, yeah I feel yeah. Like, the sheer amount of books I'm getting through is literally just because I listen to audiobooks all day at work. Yeah, I nothing. Else. I have to write most of the time at work, so I can't listen to anything. But if you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at MidlightPod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com and on YouTube. And like us, three people living directly on the Atlantic coast, Aragon decided it would be the wind that drove him crazy first. That's true. (laughs) So accurate. Not the foghorn. Or maybe the foghorn. Maybe the foghorn. (laughs) The foghorn has literally been going this whole time. (laughs) 